0: Welcome to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Smelser. The Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast is the shared journey of building a real estate investment property business from square one. Join me as we learn together how to conquer the real estate game to reach financial freedom. Together, we will learn from people in all areas of real estate and business in our personal trek towards escaping the rat race. Be you, do the work you love, play the long game. What's up, everybody? It's Josiah with the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us for another episode as we learn how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. Man, I've got a solid episode for you today. I've got Brittany Arneson. And Brittany is from Canada, from Saskatchewan area of Canada. She's got 74,000 followers on Instagram, and she shares her DIY projects on her investment properties on her Instagram profile using time lapse. So you can go over and check her out at investor girl Brit on Instagram and see some of the projects she's worked on. Uh, Brittany has built a 13 house portfolio of rental properties and has got a cash flow positive around six figure income coming from this portfolio, which is like super, super impressive. Um, she is going to share how she's been able to pull this off with you so you can do this yourself. And, uh, I met Brittany, uh, while I was in Hawaii at a mastermind that I was a part of real estate mastermind. She's a super cool person, really nice. And, um, yeah, I encourage you to connect with her on Instagram and take some notes on the story. Hopefully it'll help you achieve financial freedom through real estate investing as, as she is. And, um, yeah, without further ado, let's dive into this episode. Brittany, I'm excited to have you on the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Josiah. I'm so
0: happy. I'm happy as well. So Brittany and I met at the uh, mastermind that we recently returned from, which was in Hawaii. It was a Brandon Turner deal, Brandon Turner of Bigger Pockets, of course. And we had the time of our lives down there with a bunch of real estate investors, um, all working on our businesses and trying to learn how to scale and um, grow our businesses and become better at what we're doing. And Brittany's really inspiring. She's uh, she's on Instagram at Investor Girl Brit, and she's got about seventy four thousand followers. So, I mean, Brittany, when do you get the little green check that verifies you're like a celebrity, officially a celebrity?
1: <laughs> I can't wait to get that blue check. I have to figure out how to get that. <laughs> Is it a blue
0: check? I don't even know. I'm, I'm so that's right. I'm so
1: behind. I, I that. need to get the Brandon status somehow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm seriously like how does that work because you've got more followers than Brandon right now and he's got the check
1: well I think it's just like depending on what you do like he has the podcast and he has kind of Uh, like he's an author and everything and I'm just kind of you know this little DIYer just getting by so
0: Uh, I I predict the check is in your future in the
1: future yes I hope
0: so (laughs) Okay, so so Brittany is from Canada, the Saskatchewan area in Saskatoon, and she's got all these really cool videos on. And that's actually the first thing I learned about you because I heard your Bigger Pockets episode, but I went to your Instagram profile and started checking out your do-it-yourself videos, and it's really cool. She'll show you kind of taking a project from start to finish, and she has this. Is it time lapse? Is that what you what you use?
1: Yeah, I just use time lapse on my iPhone eight. Nothing super fancy. So anyone can do it if they're interested in, you know, um filming their projects. It's kind of fun to watch it all come together afterwards too.
0: Yeah, so so Brittany uses time lapse and it'll show her project, you know, start to finish. It's like super, super cool. And she's got I mean, she her Instagram's growing like crazy. It's a it's a really fun one to follow. So go follow her at investor girl brit. <laughs> and you will not be disappointed yeah. um, and I'm excited about diving into kind of how you got started Brittany and hearing your story because it's really cool and I know you've got a lot of cool things in your future too so um so let's let's kind of get started with how you got going in the real estate game and then we'll talk about how many properties you have how you've acquired these and that kind of thing
1: yeah so I've always been involved in real estate my mom's an investor so when I was growing up I would do a lot of the renovation stuff with her. And I don't know if I loved it at the time, but I definitely appreciate it now. So I was growing up doing uh, all sorts of different stuff on, on her properties, like painting, sanding, drywalling, whatever. (laughs) So um, I always knew that I wanted to get into real estate myself because I wanted that, that passive income coming in. I never wanted the nine to five life. That's never who I was. So Um, actually it was kind of a funny story how I got into my first property too, because when I was a kid, I, um, was at an office Christmas party. This is kind of where it gets strange. And (laughs) it was, um, uh, sorry. Um, they cooked the turkeys halfway through left them overnight, and then cooked them the rest of the way the next day. Genius. So everyone at this Christmas party got super bad salmonella poisoning. So everyone who got really sick got an insurance payout. So when I turned 18, I got access to $15,000, and I used that money to buy my first property, and that actually cost $25,000. And I still own that one today, and I rent it out. Printed it out at the time for $850, and now it's up to like 925 so still doing pretty good.
0: That's so crazy. Like, who cooks a turkey halfway through and then waits and then cooks it later? <laughs> I, mean, oh, I know. It's like, it was so bad. I mean, that turkey dinner has turned into a bunch of cash-flowing rental properties, so it was like that, the, return, <laughs> yeah. the return on investment for eating that turkey was like through the roof. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay, so... Yeah, yeah so so okay so how many properties do you have now?
1: Now I have 13.
0: 13 properties. Okay, so so let's yep. let's kind of walk through you know we've got listeners here that they want to reach financial freedom, they want to use real estate investing to do that. Let's walk through kind of and you're doing this full time, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. Let's walk through how somebody could pull this off kind of the way you've done it. Like what 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 were your steps? Yeah,
1: so I guess for me um, it really was just doing whatever it took. So it was very confusing at the beginning, too, because it's like, I don't know which direction to go in. Like, should I get my realtor's license? So I was thinking about becoming a mortgage broker, an electrician. Like, I had all these ideas, like, what kind of job could I do to get me to be a real estate investor? So I ended up just kind of, well, I got my power engineering certificate. So it was six months of school. And then I decided six months after having a full time job that it definitely was not for me and I just wanted to jump into real estate full time. So what I did, I got when I was still working that job, I got a personal line of credit for seventy five thousand dollars. And in my province, I actually moved to where the properties were that were cheaper too. So I could find properties for under fifty thousand dollars and I mean, some are still $25,000 today. So I was buying these really cheap properties, just fixing them up, um, myself, kind of everything DIY. So I just did whatever it took to get me to that real estate investing full time. But I mean, as I was working as a power engineer, uh, I was still driving on the weekends to these properties, doing the renovations and everything. So I just did whatever it took to get myself there.
0: Cool. All right. So you got a line of credit for $75,000. So how did yeah. you, so so let's, so let's someone that's in the same position as you were then, how do they qualify yeah. to get this line of credit? How did you do that?
1: Well, that was just when I had my full-time job still. Sure. So I was able to qualify for that. And what I did, well, actually what happened, I was looking at a property and this property was $40,000 and I was trying to get a mortgage and no bank would give me a mortgage on it. So I asked like probably... Five, ten different banks, and then eventually, I just uh, found a guy who said, "We can, we can't give you a mortgage, but we could give you a line of credit, a personal line of credit." So, I, I mean that was the best thing ever in the end because then I was able, and then I kind of just got as much as I could as well. So they said they could give me 50 and I'm like, well, I might need more for renovations. I was just trying to get as much as I could out of it to use, like, of course, use Smartly because it's higher interest than a mortgage. So I was able to get 75 and that was just by asking the question, you know, like as soon as someone turned me down, I didn't give up. I like kept going after it kept asking different banks, different mortgage brokers until I find someone who gave me that line of credit.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so key. Like the, the not taking no for an answer when you have a problem that needs to be solved is so huge in this. And I know you, you discovered that at that point, you know, but it's like, we just, we just purchased a primary residence, um, using Fannie Mae, a Fannie Mae 30 year conventional loan. And I was always told, and I've heard, you know, different I've heard basically different in different places and even on different podcasts that you can't get a 30-year conventional fixed Fannie Mae loan unless you have W-2 income. And my yeah. wife and I both run our own businesses. Neither one of us have had those respective businesses open for two years. And I mm-hmm. did exactly what you did. I, you know, I knew I knew I was going to get no's a lot, but I just asked around and probably the fifth bank I talked to said you know, send us all your financial information. I sent it over and they said, I think we can pull this off if you'll put 20% down, yeah. you know? So it was like, "That's awesome." yeah. And we got, you know, we got a 30 year fixed loan on our primary residence and it's 3.75%. It's not going to change. And anyway, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting that even that, like I've heard from so many people, that's not possible. And it's like, if you're yeah. willing to, to, to ask enough and ask enough different you know, people and, and banks and stuff in your situation, like you can find a solution. So, so this $75,000 line of credit, was it collateralized or was it, was it uncollateralized?
1: It was uncollateralized.
0: So that's impressive too. That's impressive too, that they would give you that, um, with your W two job, but that's, that's cool. Okay. So
1: it was shocking, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so
0: you were smart and got this line of credit when you had W2 income, And then after you had the line of credit, did you leave that job and and jump in in this full time or uh, what, what, at what point did you leave your job?
1: Well, this job actually was a temporary position and I could have, um, applied, I guess, to be full time. But after the job kind of ended, I just decided to jump in full time. So it was like, I could have tried to, um, continue my position there, but I just it just never felt right. and I, and actually, at that time, when I was working at that job, that's kind of when I started to try get into Instagram. I actually started a blog first, and I, that really just didn't work for me because <laughs> I'm not a writer. I have more photos and videos and that sort of thing. So tried to do the blog, didn't really work out, but then I got into Instagram kind of at that time, so I was working on it because this job, it was a lot of um kind of just waiting around for calls. So it was a lot of maintenance stuff. I just wait around and as soon as someone called me, there's a problem, I'd have to go up and fix it. But a lot of just downtime, which I hate. <laughs> so I was like trying my best to be busy in the downtime with my own kind of stuff, which was cool. It was a cool way to get started in Instagram and everything like that.
0: Okay, so you were telling us about your first deal. So let's talk about how you kind of scale this thing and how you use this line of credit to build your current portfolio.
1: Yeah, so um, it's a lot of burr. So buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat, for those of you who don't know. But um, uh, that's kind of how we started snowballing. And so now I run this business with my boyfriend. He's actually from Australia. So now he's in the middle of Canada nowhere. So (laughs) kind of funny. (laughs) But but he's a carpenter. And um, that was definitely a big help. And, and he helped me along as well with just teaching me how to do this renovation and everything. He's still working full time right now, but I've been, I've been doing this full time for two and a half years. So we were able, so he still has the job. So we're still able to qualify um, for mortgages to do these for refinances. So that's kind of how we were able to snowball it. Right now we do have a few properties free and clear. We were able to buy them under fifty thousand dollars. So the last one we bought was thirty-five thousand dollars, but it was it's such a cool house, and it has a huge double car garage. So we're renting that out now for three hundred dollars, and we'll probably be able to rent the house out for around nine hundred. So cool, and the awesome. renovation will cost about uh, probably around ten thousand dollars. Wow. I mean these properties are just pretty cheap, and then once we refinance, we're able to pull quite a bit out and then move it on into the next one
0: sure so so, how many free and clear properties do you have? Do you say two uh we have five five free and clear man, that's amazing yeah so, so um what are those you know net of maybe taxes and repairs and stuff and I'm assuming you're are you managing them yourself or how are you doing the management
1: yeah. We are managing everything ourselves.
0: How much are they cash flowing each net of, um,
1: oh, you know, yeah. t- net
0: of taxes yeah, so every they, year and operating expenses, that kind of thing?
1: Around five hundred to seven hundred a door.
0: Oh, that's great! Wow.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy cash flow. Like the. The, the rents are really high even compared to the to city prices we could buy so in my main city of Saskatoon, a house for maybe two hundred and fifty thousand dollars would rent for maybe a thousand dollars a month but out of town it's like the twenty five thousand dollar property I'm still renting for nine
0: hundred so wow wow over the th- numbers the just three make sense. three yeah your three your percent rent ratio that's crazy
1: yeah, and it's just um yeah, there's not a ton of competition because we are willing to do whatever it takes right like go out drive four hours sleep in the van (laughs) come back like it's we're willing to do whatever so it's i mean there's a lot of renters there's a lot of workers but not a lot of nice places to rent it
0: seems. sure that's awesome so uh so you've carved out kind of a little niche for yourself here and and you're you're building out your cash flow portfolio. You've got 5 that are paid for and then another 8 that you've got mortgages on and um the paid for properties are profiting you about 5 did you say 5 to 700 bucks a month? Yeah. And then, and then the what about the the properties with mortgages? What are what are you taking home after operating expenses and debt payment on those?
1: Well, those ones are a little bit different too, because they're like the burrs. Everything's sort of, uh it's kind of funny to calculate just because it's one property will pay for like two others. And then I got <laughs> obviously you. you're taking home a ton. Sure. But all together we're around $10,000
0: a month. That's great. And profit. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So man, that, I mean, like that's, You've got a, you've got, you've got a six figure income pouring in from your properties and you're still using this line of credit to continue to, to buy more, correct?
1: Yeah. The line of credit. And then also with uh, my boyfriend Scott's job, we are able to borrow them and then take the money out and use it and just snowball it in.
0: That's awesome. That's Yeah. We
1: haven't sold any yet. Haven't done any flips or anything like that. Our, our strategy definitely is that long-term buy and hold.
0: That's so cool. All right. Well, um, let's let's talk about, uh, and I want to talk about where you're wanting to go with all this, um, but we can do that a little bit later. But let's talk about maybe a project that everyone would find interesting and some numbers behind it and maybe some tips and tricks you would give um, the audience for how they can do this themselves.
1: Sure. Yeah, so um, I can do my last one uh, that we bird because that one ended up being pretty cool. So I found this one and I mostly search on the MLS. I do have a few real estate agents who do keep an eye out for me as well. So if something pops up, they'll let me know right away, even if it's on back pocket or whatever. So it hasn't quite hit the market yet, but they'll let me know right away. But this one, I actually was searching um, within this surrounding area um 50,000 and under so this one came in at 49.9 and it was in quite a big city um I, I mean <laughs> Saskatchewan's a small place but like the, my main city is only 280,000 people so they're not a huge city huge populations but um this one was 49.9 and in a really good location. And I was actually pretty surprised at that price. So I was like, oh, there's going to be some major, major issues with it. But I went to see and it was just it was one of those properties that you walk in. You're like, this is the one like this is perfect. So and no major issues. Like, You can kind of tell when you're walking around if there's foundational issues which with a lot of these lower priced properties, it can happen, like they're older. So close. To, this one was a hundred years old, actually. So, I mean, you're walking around, sometimes you could feel like the house doesn't exactly seem level and the floor sloping, but this one seemed extremely solid. The bones were definitely there and they just got you know, electrical updated and lots of upgrades, but it was like really disgusting (laughs) so it's kind of a disaster and just like you walk in and it it smells terrible and all those things but it's all cosmetic and you could kind of tell Uh, once you get the hang of of going around viewing properties you could you could get the sense of why something's not selling or but we walked in we're like this is the one we're gonna offered definitely right away. So I think they offered $38,000. We kind of put a low offer in. We were actually negotiating with the bank as well. So the bank repossessed the house and we ended up negotiating it down in the end to $42,000. So uh, $42,000 we purchased the property for. was Quite a bit of renovation, but like I said, mostly cosmetic. We did interior and exterior. And if you go to my Instagram page, you could actually see the entire transformation. And it's hashtag Humboldt House and then a little house emoji. So if you go a little bit down on my feed, you could you could find some photos and videos as well as the whole transformation. But we bought it for 42000 put about $30,000 into the renovation, almost all of it DIY. And then we ended up getting it appraised afterwards for 130000 So we were able to take out that extra amount, I think 28000 extra, after paying back the purchase price and the renovation cost. And we had that extra money, $28,000 left over. And we bought a whole new property with that.
0: That's awesome. And we were
1: able to pay for the whole thing outright
0: that's awesome so yeah
1: that that was a really cool one it ended up being a perfect bird um and yeah we were really happy it was it was i mean pretty much all the time it's gonna go over time and budget <laughs> that's always how it happens sure we're usually pretty good with budget because we are able to do a lot of the work ourselves so it doesn't cost a ton but um, once you start to hire it out, I mean, that's just something to be cautious of when you're first starting out. It's like, you usually end up taking a little bit more time and more money than you
0: expect. But. Absolutely. And that brings up a really good point, um, which we've been experiencing as well on our, um, renovation projects. And that's like, you have to build a cushion in on your renovation project mm-hmm. for it just going long because I mean, they, they just go long. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like if you have a, two-week project it's going to go two and a half or three and if you have a three-week project it's going to go four and so anyway I don't know I'm I'm always trying to make allowances for you know it possibly running long while pushing for it to be done on time and I know you can put some language in your contracts with your contractors about them you know um, being you know they're being they're being fees and stuff when it goes long but a lot of times they'll they still they still go long so what are your goals? I mean, you've got 13 properties now. What are your goals with where you're going with your investment portfolio?
1: Well, right now, like we do have those properties. They're kind of spread out a little bit. Um, all singles are duplexes, but we're kind of looking to go more either self-storage. I've been looking a lot into that after meeting AJ Osborne in, in Maui. <laughs> so I'm definitely looking into self-storage and also apartment buildings. Um, So I actually just looked at an apartment yesterday and it was a 21 unit mixed use. So there was the commercial space on the bottom and apartments up top. So it was a pretty cool property and I'm, I'm really excited to dig into the numbers and start learning more about that because I do love the single families, of course, like it's kind of where I started and, but eventually it's just like you kind of want to Go bigger. So we're at that level now. We're trying to build out our team and get our systems down. Because honestly, like before that, it was kind of just running around, not not having any systems in place or anything like that. And it's, I know it's so important, but really after meeting a lot of people in Mali and reading a few books, it's just I know that's the direction I need to head in. So that's kind of where I'm at. Which you know can be a struggle just because it's so much new information, but I'm excited about it. So yeah, we can go bigger now.
0: I think it was Rod Cleef said something that really stuck with me. Uh, He said, um, "Generate income in single family and invest that income in multifamily." And I thought that was really cool because you know, like it seems like most investors kind of do what what you're doing and what I've done, which is you start off in single family because the scale is so much smaller, right? I mean, you can get a house for twenty twenty five thousand dollars and get it fixed up and rent it out for eight or 900 and make really great cash flow. And then you yeah. eventually get to a point where you're like, I can't own 200 single families. Right. Yeah, And, exactly. like, and you start looking at multifamily where you can take down, you know, 50, a hundred, 200 units at once. And, um, yep. and then self-storage. I love self-storage as well. I think that's a great, yeah. great area to be looking into. And AJ is definitely the man on that. So.
1: Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's just
1: so much opportunity out there. Hey, it's like hard to even know which direction to go in.
0: I know that's another,
1: exciting.
0: that's another hard part of this is like just picking something and focusing on that and not getting sidetracked because there's so many people that we know doing so many cool things that, um, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on. So you're, you're like a rock star at your, your, um, social media stuff. So share, share some tips and tricks for our listeners with building their own social media kind of brand for what they're doing. Um, cause oh. I mean, Gary Vee's big on this. He talks about like, you have to, you have to build out kind of your own thing there. Um, or else, you know, you're just, you're just kind of lost in the crowd and like, yeah. you, you're like a rock star at that. So share, give us some tips and tricks that have really helped you with that, if you will.
1: Well, I think for me, like I try to be consistent. That's very important. Like I don't post a ton really. I post twice a week is what I try to do. But twice a week, like my videos kind of take a while to edit and whatever. But I just, I really try to get something out there twice a week. And then I do stories every single day. And I really try to let people in on what's going on. Like it doesn't have to be all like the fun stuff. Like it can be like this sucky stuff where it's, in the office doing paperwork, which is sexy for me. Like lots of people love that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I try to show a lot of behind the scenes and what isn't going right. And like, just try to be as authentic as possible and kind of let people in on that side of it. Cause people want to get to know you too, right. And your personality and, and I don't know, just like going through the struggles. They don't want to see like, Oh, Brit's like, everything's going so well for her everything's so easy but really in reality it's it's not it's definitely a struggle sometimes so I think just trying to let people in and they want to see your face too Uh, like they want to see those talking stories and everything like that so if you could get good at that that took me a really long time to figure it out and get good at I hated talking to the camera I found it so awkward (laughs) but now it's like it's pretty easy. So the more you do it, like the more it becomes natural. So I think just practicing that. And, yeah. Putting yourself out there.
0: That makes total sense. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. the, um, the being genuine and authentic with everything is the key. It's like, you're trying to force something that just doesn't come across. Right. You know? So, yeah, exactly. um, all right. So like there's there's people out there that have maybe one property or don't have any properties right now, but they're they're wanting to work their way out of their nine to five and do this yeah. and they're and they're like super fired up about it. Like what what is the like what's the quality or qualities they have to have to be able to do what you've done?
1: Well, I mean, I think it is I just read um Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone.
0: Oh yeah. But
1: cool. I think that really with me too because it you really do have to become almost obsessed with it and like never stop like you're I'm constantly no matter what like I'm I'm listening to podcasts I'm listening to books as I'm working like I'm always always learning trying to network with people online like it just never stops So I think like, that is really important, trying to build those connections. And it's so cool now because you can build connections with people not where you're from because social media is the best thing ever. And you can start connecting with people online. So, I mean, like, that's that's definitely key. Like, all your spare time is pretty much put into your real estate investing business or growing just uh, even terminology, like just getting to know the language of it. So you could feel comfortable talking to other investors and yeah, it's just like never, never stop trying totally.
0: to learn. Totally. And you know, I, I, I recognize that quality in this group that was at this mastermind. Um, yeah. There, there wasn't anyone there that was just doing this for a job. It was, everybody yeah. had that same quality of they do, they do this for work and for fun you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're all, we were all obsessed with real estate, maybe in different ways, but like every one of us, like I, I do real estate for work and for fun every day. And like, it kind of blends together and I don't even realize really what I'm doing the work or the fun part. Like, it's just all, it's all fun for me, you know? So, and there's definitely parts of it that are sucky, you know, like, you know, dealing with, you know, an email where a tenant has 30 repair requests or whatever, but um yeah. but it's but it, I mean at, at the same time it's so fun to persevere through that stuff and see the result and like you know what you're doing like start a DIY project see it you know yeah. see it finished out get the property rented start seeing the rent income start pouring in go buy another property like it's exhilarating you know
1: It is it definitely is and I think just like it's so easy to get caught up when something isn't going right or it is stressful and overwhelming but just kind of focus on the bigger picture as well like there's so many little things when you're first starting out that are like oh no this is the end of the world but then you just have to look at the bigger picture totally and,
0: Totally. yeah and i mean no, isn't that the case with just about anything like if you look at high performers in any yeah. field typically they're obsessed with what they're doing they're they're not yeah. just they're not just there to you know like like you know like look at look at nba an nba player like they're not just there to play basketball, like typically they're obsessed with it and it's not just about yeah. becoming a professional. It was about just this challenge and an obsession with wanting to do that with all of their time. And like, yeah. I've recognized this quality in, in people that are highly successful is they have that, ob- that obsession with what they're doing is kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, they just want to be good at it and they want to do it well, you know? So
1: exactly. I love that. You just kind of have to find what, what feels to you too. Do. Cause if you're finding you're not like enjoying it and it's hard to be obsessed with something if you're like so stressed out about it all the time so you kind of have to like find what fuels you and makes you excited about it and for me that's like the renovation stuff
0: so totally and Brandon Turner said this on one of his podcast episodes he said pretty much anything you do there's someone out there who can do that for you and so the stuff that annoys you like you were saying the paperwork like there's somebody who will do that for you so if you like, like if you're, if you're obsessed with real estate and love the whole process, but you hate the paperwork part of it, like get some, get some help yeah. with that part, you know? So yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Well, um, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this up, but I, I wanted to get a couple book recommendations from you. I know you just said you read that Grant Cardone book, but what are a couple books yeah. you'd recommend the listeners check out? And um, yeah.
1: Well, I think e was, that was a takeaway from the Maui Mastermind for me. And that was extreme. That's like game changing for me because, like, I didn't understand the business side of it. <laughs> I like just did not understand the systems and, like, where to even go with it or how important it actually is. So the E-Myth was huge, huge takeaway for me. And yeah, I love that book. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, trying to grow my business and kind of make it so it's actually scalable. Because right now, and what I've been doing so far, it's not.
0: So yeah, E Myth is was a really really good one. Yeah, so for anyone and, who hasn't read E Myth um, or E Myth Revisited, it's uh, by Michael Gerber, and uh, yeah. it's it's one of the best business books you could ever read, in my opinion. I totally agree, Brittany. And um yeah. it you know one line in that book that really stuck with me was you know work on your business and not in your business. And if you're yeah, if you're in the business doing everything you're, you're, you're going to hit a ceiling with your time and your ability to, to scale because you're, you're limited by your own time capacity. But if you're working on the business, you're building those systems out. And that's something from the mastermind that I took away as well was like, yeah. build, build your systems, improve your systems. And that's something that like, no matter where you are in the whole process, it seems like you always have room, room for growth in your systems, you know?
1: Exactly. So, no, I love
0: that. Yeah. I love that one. What about one more? Can you throw one more in there for us? Um,
1: well, another, just another one from Maui Mastermind that I took away was Miracle Morning. I love working at night. I could work till 5 a.m. and be like happy with that. But I realized like my mornings kind of suck. So I, reading The Miracle Morning was a pretty cool one because it definitely gets you more into a routine. And like, I am one of those people that just pushes snooze like 10 times. I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to totally change that because i want my mornings to be more productive. So yeah, it just kind of gets you into a really great routine and i've been doing that for a few weeks now and i am loving it. So that was a really really good one. Yeah,
0: Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Everybody check that one out yeah. too and i've been doing that for a couple of weeks now getting up 5 5:30 yeah, cool. and trying to do yeah. the trying to do the whole routine which you know, for those who haven't read it involves some kind of meditation, quiet time, prayer time or whatever and then focused on, you know, affirmation about what you're doing and planning out like how you're going to reach the goals and reach your goals and that kind of thing. And then exercise and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a total game changer, I think, because it just focuses your mind so much on kind of what your next step is and what you need to be doing. And also I think centers you on kind of tuning out the noise and in your life and just focusing on like basically executing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It's an awesome one. Oh yeah. And you were, you did a kind of send in a tape to HGTV, right? Or got asked to by them or.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. I did a little sizzle reel.
0: There we go. So it
1: was fun.
0: So HGTV star in the making right here.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe one day. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And you and you got to <laughs> and know now Scott. We're,
1: we're in a race now. Whoever gets the first apartment building.
0: <laughs> okay, ideal. And you got to yeah. did you get to know Scott McGilvery through that? Yeah,
1: Scott yeah. McGilvery.
0: Scott McGilvery of of Income Property, my favorite <laughs> real estate show that used to be on HGTV here in the U.S. and then they took it off, and now it now they show it in Canada. But anyway, he is awesome, and he's like converts these houses into income properties and stuff and I was looking at Brittany's Instagram and she had a picture with him on there and I was like wait a minute she knows him that's awesome I would love to get him on the podcast so
1: yeah we need to get him on that'd
0: be great that'd be great that's so cool well hopefully HDTV will come to their senses and and give you your own show because it'd be awesome I got
1: one of these days <laughs> one
0: of these days it'd be great all right Brittany well um you rock thanks so much for your time and um yeah I'm I'm uh, looking forward to to seeing this apartment complex you come up with. I'm going to be working yeah. online. Same so. here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for
1: having me on. I really appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. All right, we'll have you back sometime to talk about your next uh, your next deal. So, yes, can't
1: wait.
0: All right, we'll catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to connect with you, so please hit me up on Instagram at Daily Real Estate Investor or on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. If you want to know more about this episode, check out our show notes along with the blog at dailyrealestateinvestor.com. And don't forget to sign up for the mailing list while you're there. We'll keep you up to date on the book in the works, as well as new episodes. And tune in next time for another episode of the Daily Real Estate Investor, and do me a massive favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review for me, and share the show with your friends. Your support means the absolute world to me and know that I will do everything within my power to help you reach financial freedom through real estate investing. I love you each and believe you're capable of far more than you think possible.